0: Welcome to Innovate Online, I am Christina Grasco and today's session is about digital transformation in the new abnormal. I am joined by three experienced business leaders who have a vast knowledge of the legal profession. John Espley has 15 years experience in the legal software industry and as CEO of Leap in the UK, he is perfectly placed to share his experiences of running a digital business and helping hundreds of law firms to embrace digital working, improved efficiencies and productivity through the adoption of new technologies. Nicola Moore-Miller is the owner and CEO of Javer both in the UK and the US. She founded the company in 2014 and became the first independent consultant to become certified to deliver project management and implementation consultancy to the Leap client base in the UK. Nicola is a chartered accountant by trade who has worked for over 20 years in the legal sector with a passion for making a real positive difference to the way law firms operate by maximizing the use of technology. Mike Lehman is the managing partner of Bell, Lamb && Solicitors, award-winning solicitors established in 1821, specialising in all aspects of private client work, including crime, across an office network in Liverpool, Runcorn, and Warrington. Now, the recent months have totally changed the workplace for everyone and forced law firms into a new way of working. And your clients have changed their expectations of how they work with a law firm almost as fast as you've had to change the way that you deliver their services. So this moment requires a measured pivot to becoming a fully digital, work-anywhere law firm. Staying even partly paper-based doesn't make any sense. And this raises a number of questions about how to achieve this and where the benefits are in making the change. Because as difficult as these times undoubtedly are, there are benefits to be found in a forced pace of change. And today's session is about the transformation to digital and where those benefits can be found. John, can I start by asking you, what have the last three months been like for you and Leap and what have you learned?
1: Well, thank you, Christina. For us, really, it's been a question of whether we practiced what we preached. As a cloud technology business, our whole ethos is centered around the fact that work is not a place, but an activity. And importantly for us, really, um, in the digital age, the pandemic really presented a a challenge uh, which we felt both our staff and our customers were well prepared to meet. We were lucky, our internal systems. Uh, we're all cloud-based and we'd invested in these since our inception in 2015. So when it came to actually asking our staff to work from home, they knew what to do and they were well prepared and really our business was operational the next day and we were able to focus on our number one priority of making sure our clients had everything they required. I think the thing that made us singularly most proud was the fact that our software played an important part in ensuring our customers maintained business continuity, Served their clients, and most importantly, protected their well-earned reputations with their own clients. Generally, as an observer of the legal sector, I think uh, it was a pretty brutal divide when the government asked people to work from home. Um, There were those firms who'd invested in the right technology and those who were reliant on inadequate server-based remote access um, and were really over-reliant on paper files and had to retrieve files from the office and things like that, which obviously during the, the the height of the pandemic, put some people at risk. So when restrictions were first put into place, we received a number of inquiries from prospective clients who, who really needed a reliable remote access solution in a hurry. So we were obviously um, Delighted to be able to help those clients and luckily we've been implementing our software for a number of years remotely um, as well as on site and we had expert consultants such as Nicola and her team at Java, who were able to ensure that these firms uh, transitioned and switched across the leap seamlessly really without having to visit the offices and without having to attend on premise. But I think one of the key definite learnings, which I think we've all, all made, um, is that business continuity is key to good client service. Um, so firms who have provided their staff with the right tools to work remotely and efficient, I think, have really upped their image and upped their, their brand standing in their communities that they
2: serve.
0: Thank you. Nicola, what have the last three months been like for you? What have you learned?
2: They've been really varied. Um, initially, uh, sort of around the end of
0: March, there
2: was the inevitable panic, um, where a lot of our clients were thinking, "Well, we we've invested in in technology, we we've got a project plan identified. We don't we're not going to have staff in the office to physically train. We're not sure we want to invest," and they just put things on hold. So, from a list of maybe twenty relatively large law firms they wanted to put things on hold until they knew where things were going you know and and how things would calm down and that that it was still the right decision for them Um, and that naturally as a a business owner that causes some concern because you think well you've got a pipeline of work and all of a sudden it's ground to a a halt to a degree but that literally lasted about three or four weeks and then it went completely the other way so we, we saw Around the end of April, a massive surge and uptake in people wanting to utilise that downtime to really invest in technology, implementing systems and training their staff whilst their staff were quiet. Obviously, the the furlough scheme still allowed for people to be, tra- you know, to have training. So actually, whilst the businesses were a little quieter, that was the ideal opportunity. So it completely turned on its head around April, and I think we had our, our busiest May ever. And and that in itself brought challenges because. Historically, we would always do sort of face-to-face training. We'd be, the, the, the Java team would be all together with a client, helping them side-by-side, floor support, d- doing that. And so we had to really adapt quickly in terms of our, our remote delivery techniques. And and we, we'd been doing, delivering remote training for, for many years, but not on such a massive scale. And that really sort of forced us to to think about how we can effectively deliver the same level of, support and relationship and experience that that the law firms need whilst they're making that change so so that was a challenge but I'm I'm delighted to say the feedback has been has been really positive in fact in some ways having the ability to have multiple people drafted in irrespective of geographical location rather than you know everybody jumping on a train down to London for five days has allowed us to give a better wraparound support so uh, yeah it's definitely been varied
0: and Mike how about you has because i know you're very you're firm anyway you've really embraced digital working you you've been very much a champion of it how did you find the last 3 months
3: unpredictable um it's probably the, the easy way to describe it it's it's never changing landscaping. You just see it in every area of life how things change so quickly. For example, those trying to go on holiday and the, the speed that quarantine rules come in. And so when you're trying to plan and deal with everyday, normal, routine tasks, it, it is difficult um, and it is unpredictable. We've been really, really fortunate. As you said, the past four years, we've, we've invested heavily in terms of our, our technology. Making sure we get the absolute most out of it and uh, and keep on developing that and the processes, uh, and also we spend a lot of time investing and training our staff uh, over the years to make sure they utilize the technology and also positively reinforce change because clearly change is difficult for any business Um, and it's not just a a one-step approach here's new toys go and play with it you've got to keep on revisiting it keep going back to the staff keep reinforcing the training and the ability to be agile and and change things quickly have been being really a godsend for us so going into lockdown was actually incredibly easy Um, literally we had the whole firm working from home the very next day when we took the decision to close the office, without any interruption um, whatsoever. and We're fortunate they're all using laptops already. We saw that as key to the agility of our staff and our teams to work anywhere and whilst we've got three offices we very much work as as one firm a one firm one team approach so we've utilized teams uh, for the past um, two years or so for regular meetings regular engagement regular training so so really it was it was pretty much business as usual we had our lexl audit which was a bit of a challenge during lockdown having lexl come out and assess us and they came in June which was obviously still um, in the height of the lockdown Uh, and the feedback we got from our Excel assessment was absolutely incredible. Uh, And I quote, um, she went on to say, the firm continues to operate strong information security protocols in line with cyber essentials, and they continue to invest in innovative solutions to make workflow and IT stronger and better. High levels of risk analysis, strategic, financial, and continuity planning in line with the need for actions in relation to COVID-19 and risk assessment for the firm and staff resulting. Great levels of staff engagement, excellent levels of communication across the firm on remote working. But the firm was able to adapt seamlessly to this, given their systems on LEAP, teams, etc. were already enabled and embedded and have been for a few years now. And that was just testament to the fact that the proof of the pudding is always in the eating. And we were just amazed how quickly from overnight we were able just to move everyone offsite work from home, business as usual, with very limited interruption whatsoever. I think the biggest challenge though has been coming out of lockdown. Which is, which is surprising. You think getting back to normal will be relatively easy, but again, it's it changes from day to day, week to week. We've come across challenges we didn't anticipate, and sure, no one did. We spend a lot of time as a business on client care and communication. We think they they are real key drivers of our business, along with technology. And similar to Nicola, during um, June and July, we've had our busiest months ever in terms of inquiries and instructions, and that's really problematic because they're up, over 100%. They're up in this time last year, and clearly, you still need human resources, and you never. Expect that sort of change um, so quickly and trying to deal with those inquiries, trying to deal with your human resources, trying to maintain your high service levels and standards when you've got three times as much work as normal or three times many phone calls um, has been a bit of a headache, but it's been a nice headache to have. And of course, when you have the technology and the data in place, it makes it easy to. To see what's happening quickly and to adapt and change so it's um, it's been a very interesting three months to, to say the least um, surprising we've actually recruited staff during that period of time so we've taken on six new starters since June again all done remotely interviewed them remotely trained them remotely got them on board with the systems used the university to assist prior to them starting to give them an indication of the systems we use and then obviously reinforcing that by training and regular updates so um, it, it's been challenging it give me headaches but also I take great pride and the effort everyone in my firm has, has undertaken over the past few months to really got on board. They've really engaged, done surveys um, between the team members to, to get feedback, how we're doing, what we can do things better, how can we make life easier, how can we support them better. And we've, we've taken a lot of time to, to reinforce the investments in our people, not just technology.
0: It sounds very successfully as well. I'm amazed you, got, you managed the, both the Lexel audit and to do so very well. So congratulations on that. And I think the key to this for, for everybody has been how businesses have adapted john you've had a particular challenge i think because you've had to adapt to not only leap uk but in many ways help all the law firms that elite customers adapt as well which has been quite a challenge yeah
1: It has indeed, Christina. So I think um, when lockdown was called at the end of March, obviously, as well as making sure that our operations were running the same levels that they had been when everyone was in the office, we had to make sure that our clients were the same as well. So I think the the first thing that we made sure we had in place was a 24-7 help desk installation service um, to really help clients if they didn't have laptops set up at home properly. Um, Obviously, many, many clients weren't used to necessarily having any members of their team necessarily working full-time remotely. So, So we We had a service in place and that was really heavily used and that that was obviously quite challenging to get in place. I think as Mike touched on earlier, it's the speed of change and the speed of how quickly these events came upon us and I think, you know, we were able to to help clients get up and running pretty quickly and as I mentioned earlier, the feedback we had was pretty overwhelmingly positive on firms being able to continue to trade. I mean, I think the, the other items where we also made sure that we were kind of reacting or Leap de- Developments were able to get uh, the Microsoft Teams integration out pretty quickly. I think Microsoft Teams and obviously the usage of Zoom has obviously uh, risen you know, exponentially. And I think uh, obviously us being able to turn around some innovations like that to help clients so that they're able to collaborate when they're not in the office and obviously make sure that they're communicating was, was really pleasing. And again, I think what was kind of testament to the, the efforts that the dev team put in to make sure that our clients were getting the
2: innovation they required.
0: Nicola, you had the same problem, didn't you? You had to manage your business and everybody else's at the same time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We're spread over the UK and the US and and therefore to, to a degree where we're already used to that remote collaboration, you know, we're used to tools like Teams and Zoom all the time as a team to interact and with our clients as well. So from a technical perspective, it was a very easy transition. You know, all the technologies that we use are cloud-based technologies. All our staff, they all have um, soft phones, they all have laptops. So we are agile, we can work from anywhere. Um, so in in that sense that Part of the transition was very easy. We actually quickly realized that there was a there was a need for a service over and above what we were providing ahead of COVID which was really it's a help desk service over and above what buttons to press on your software it's a I've got this conundrum I'm using different technologies how do I bring them together more sort of business process challenges if you will Uh, unfortunately as a result of the fact that we do have the two offices we were able to to implement um, a help desk ticketing System for our clients, and and because of the hours, uh, the difference between the UK and the US, that really spans from sort of uh, 9 a.m. UK through to 11 a.m. Uh, 11 p.m. UK because of that time difference. And what we found is a great use of that system, where people are having to work in ways they've never worked before. That in itself brings challenges. Perhaps some of the admin teams within their businesses have been followed so they haven't got the same people to reach out to to ask for that technical support that they uh, that they would have had before and actually that's that's a service that we've offered free of charge as as really just something that we want to do to to kind of give back and to add value to the client relationships that we have because we're you know every business is you know people say we're uh, you know we're all in the same boat but we're not we're in the same storm we're all our, all our boats are different and you don't know everybody else's different circumstances so I think potentially going forward that might be something we look to to continue with. I think the the hardest part of of the transition has been someone used the term, a consultant that I was working with used the term um, how do you develop remote intimacy, which sounded a bit strange when I when I heard it, but it's true. It's how do you continue to engage with people and develop the same level of, of, of relationship and collaboration when you're not physically meeting, engaging, interacting? And I think that has been the challenge because. Everybody has different personal circumstances. We as a team are quite diverse. We have single people, people, older, you know, older generation, younger generation, people with families with young children at home, other businesses, and everybody was finding the lockdown hard for different reasons. They might not be able to able to see their elderly parents, or they might be very isolated because they're, they're a single person with no family nearby. Or conversely, like in my situation, you know, I've got two young children and trying to homeschool two different age children whilst running a business in lockdown has been incredibly challenging. So I think it became very apparent very quickly that we needed to look out for one another a bit more than we did usually because whereas you could sit in the office and have a brew and say oh how's you you know how's things going you don't have that opportunity so where people were having low days you know just a, a simple card in the post you know to let them know that you know you're there or a quick zoom with a with a cup of tea those little things have made a big difference and I think that's that's something that can be overlooked you know you everybody's sort of trying to carry on in terms of delivering business services but everybody's personal lives have changed massively as well and, and making sure we're taking care of one another I think has been it's it's always been on our agenda but we're much more acutely aware of it
0: now I think. I think you'll find that's an underlying theme in, in everything that's being discussed actually is that part of the transformation is is how we work together and look after each other and make things better from that point of view. Mike, can I ask you, what opportunities do you see for law firms as a business arising out of these times? I mean, you hinted that business is starting to move exponentially.
3: It's difficult to to say in relation to opportunities per se with regard to your business underlying services you offer. But I think there's certainly opportunities for firms to adapt, look at their processes, change the way they work, perhaps learn from the firms that have been relatively successful. Uh, and it gives them an opportunity to to make those changes and, and do it because they need to be done. Because if they don't make those changes, there's going to be obviously uh, longer term issues for them. We're, we're incredibly fortunate that we've changed because we wanted to. And we saw that as the, as the way forward. We see the way consumers um, want to deal with us has changed. We see that technology is a driver of a business and investment in your people is a driver of your business and technology. And so I think firms now are seeing that they they have to do it, but they're doing it because they have to rather than they want to there's opportunities for firms uh, to, to really do what we've done and probably accelerate what we've done because they've got no choice really it's, it's the way of the world i think there's no going back in terms of the technological evolution which has happened in the past few months everyone's more acutely aware of zoom teams families up and down the country doing zoom quizzes on a saturday night people are more familiar with technology so there's there's opportunities for firms there to look at their processes look at the way they operate and and make positive change and use the tools which are which are available the software the case management systems which are there it amazes me even during lockdown and say we are 99.9% paperless and have been for a number of years so even in crime for example courts are still being run in hearings still been taking place it's had no difference to, to us in our business we see firms who, who use case management systems who are still go into court with paper file and you have to ask yourself well why are you duplicating that and why are you having this reliance on paper this reliance on a, on a physical thing you want to hold I think the last few months have demonstrated that software certainly cloud-based software is is very robust we've had no issues at all, we've had no downtime whatsoever, so it can be relied on. It's time to let go of those, those old practices and, and those old ways of working and look to embrace change, but do it quickly and or we'll or get left behind. We, we found, and when we started this process a number of years ago, we, we actually thought we would end up losing members of staff because obviously, secretaries, dictation, we don't do any of those sorts of things anymore. We found it the opposite. In fact, I remember when um, we first had our training session, we, we got told that you need to get a message out to your staff. This isn't a, a process which which reduces your staff numbers is likely to lead to growth and, and that turned out to be true we, we've grown exponentially over the last three four years in terms of additional members of staff and what we've done is we trained members of staff giving them new skills new opportunities so there are opportunities for firms employees and also partners and managers in, in law firms and directors they need to engage they need to get on board with the process they need to educate themselves train and develop themselves see what their systems can do see what else is out there which can improve the way they work so that the, there's opportunities for change that that's for certain.
2: Can I put an accountancy thing on that as well? I I don't do my accountancy thing very often. I tried to move away from the number crunching as well but you're absolutely right Mike. There are so many opportunities. I think one of the things that I see from a financial perspective is that the, the pace of change has completely changed the competitive landscape. Services that might have been geographically dependent no longer are. And actually for the smaller firms who don't have as high fixed costs as the the larger top 500 firms with huge big offices and, and, and massive fixed costs, the smaller firms can really now try to enter new markets more competitively because the investing in technology will allow them to do so, but they won't be overburdened with huge legacy financial commitments, which make it harder to survive and thrive in in this period of change. I mean, the global economy is unrecognisable and probably will continue to be so for some time. So I think it's likely that larger corporate law firms, and we've seen a bit of this already will lose some staff and those staff members possibly may want to set up small practices of their own and and therefore because they've got lower fixed costs they're more agile that provides a great opportunity to be competitive. I think one of the, the hardest challenges for new startup law firms is recruiting high caliber lawyers because it can be very sort of city center based that's not the same anymore. You know, you, you can you can recruit people to work from home now. It doesn't matter whether someone needs to be operating globally. They don't necessarily need to be in a London or, or city centre location now. So I think that in in addition to the opportunity to embrace the change, as, as Micah said, this is the perfect time to get your return on investment from your, your technology and, and from your people. I think that actually we will probably start to see some of the larger law firms struggling to... To maintain their their costs and therefore the latter the the small to medium-sized law firms will start to to grow even more
3: Nicola you're absolutely right and in fact we've seen that the last three or four years our, our geographical reach has expanded exponentially so we look at our footprint in terms of where our work comes from it's now nationwide in a lot of areas of work we do and that's happen by design but but also by the fact you're right when you're agile you, you're, you're small you haven't got those old fashioned practices and it seems strange to me saying that with my business 119 199 years old <laughs> uh, we we basically reinvented the wheel we we changed and removed those practices overnight uh, and started afresh with a blank canvas and i think you see that across a lot of industries that those who are reinventing the wheel and are starting that blank canvas do really well in the current climate because they're not got all that baggage to try and deal with and um, so startups do do well uh, and it's the old established businesses big businesses who it takes a long time to adopt change so we've introduced technology over the years which we have literally done overnight for example microsoft teams so we've been using it for some period of time leap did the updates over the period of lockdown we were using that within two hours of um, the update going live in our system because we're familiar with teams but enable us to bring all our internal communication into teams and therefore focusing our email for external with clients and external businesses which made life a lot easier in terms of working with the increased levels of uh, traffic and communication so we can change things really really quickly and you're quite right those bigger firms don't have that ability it takes a lot of meetings it takes a lot of decision makers to get involved a lot of presenting to be able to to make those changes and I think you're right that certain firms and businesses will, will do rather well and at the same time one of our biggest issues over the years has been trying to recruit the right people and there's going to be plenty of people out there who are good people who have been let go to simply because of a cost of an exercise no reflection ability and so there's opportunities for growth beyond technology and, uh, and investment in that
1: yeah i think the agility points are really really important one right i think trying to turn a fuel tank around is, is always a bigger challenge than it is if you're a smaller, more agile organization so i think kind of periods of great change really do suit businesses who are the most nimble and able to kind of keep things on a scalable level and take opportunities when they arise you know the, the, the kind of key opportunities that this pandemic has created for high street lawyers or kind of lawyers based in communities is obviously where there's a lot of upheaval in the world, that creates a lot of legal problems for, for many, many people. And I just think the, the volume of work that we're beginning to see is really just uh, the tip of the iceberg. Obviously, the conveyancing instructions have increased due to the kind of government stimuli that they've announced with the stamp duty holiday. And I think obviously it's been pretty well documented about how family lawyers have been very, very busy. Uh, and I think that that's just going to continue over the next 12 months. Obviously, uh, it is just going to be a very busy period for lawyers. I think the other side as well, which is crucial to touch on, is, is culture, right? So I think obviously we've, we've talked about workforces, and, and Mike's very eloquently explained how his team are kind of well geared to deal with change. And it's kind of part of the mentality, Mike, right? I think is, is very much been the case prior to lockdown and prior to the pandemic. So for firms at the moment, I really think there is an agenda that they can push through to their businesses, which they haven't been able to do previously. You know, it really is an opportunity to reinvent their businesses redesign them and really get you know the right systems the right processes in place and make sure they're prepared i think you know the key learning for any person running a business is obviously to make sure you're prepared for the unexpected out of all of this and how do you do that you make sure you are agile you make sure you invest in the right technology you know that that for me is the biggest opportunity for firms is really to reinvent the way they do business and make sure that they come out of the pandemic fitter and stronger than ever really
0: Everybody is giving the same message that the key to that has been able to work digitally. So my question to each of you, and perhaps John, you'll follow on with this theme, is what does digital transformation look like now at this moment?
1: Again, the speed of change has just been you know incredible. I think we'll look back on this period in the next two to three years and it will be seen as the, the most innovative driver for legal services in the last 20, thirty years, right? I'm, I really can't think of anything since I've been involved in uh, legal software and working with with law firms that has driven change so quickly. I mean just to name a few obviously the number of courts and certainly in the family courts who are accepting digital bundles has grown massively obviously there was a lot of resistance to that and i think you know we've seen uh, the number of bundles being created through the leak platform triple literally you know within the lockdown period and not necessarily due to uh, more clients using it but clients just being able to go off to courts and produce digital bundles where where they weren't before so areas like for example the land registry now accepting witness signatures something which anyone in conveyancing would probably say was a few years away. We've probably been waiting for things like that for the last 10 years, really, with kind of the e-conveyancing conversation that's been happening uh, around legal for, for a very long time. So that's now been achieved, right? So our partner track has a- actually been able to sign a transfer document with a client of theirs in the land registry digitally, which again is just remarkable and how quickly that's happened because obviously the government bodies and organisations are, are waking up and realising that, you know, they can no longer kind of hold this stuff off. So I think that speed of change is the kind of first thing to really set the context for the digital transformation. You know, for for where it is now, I think you know, there's the old adage that if you do something the same way, you'll get the same result. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think if you do something the same way, uh, you'll get left behind and you'll get a worse result. So I think digital transformation really, you know, is is no longer kind of a, a nice to have. It's an absolute necessity for any business to kind of be functioning moving forward. And, and even if, you know, the pandemic finishes in, you know, the next six months, and I'm not going to pass any conjecture on that it's, it's something which I, I think things are just going to be changed forever in legal services and working digitally is no longer going to be an option it's got to be the only way forward really.
0: Nicola? for all of your firms who have started down the path, what does digital transformation look like for them and indeed for new firms coming into the picture? I
2: think there are kind of two categories, as as John alluded to earlier. And I think there are those that have sort of been dragged into digital transformation, kicking and screaming, because traditionally that wasn't their approach. They were very sort of personal service, face-to-face, traditional methodologies in the way that they, they practice law. And I think inevitably there have been some casualties as a result of that and then there are others like like Mike and his team who have already embarked on that journey and are continuing to improve, continue to get everything that they can out of the technology that they've invested in. I think from a digital transformation perspective obviously technology is a key part of that but I think it's equally important to, to realise that the human element is as important. Because whilst the technology is the enabler, you still need the people in the right roles, with the right approach and culture to be able to deliver the services in the way that you want them to be delivered. And I think that the human element has two parts to it. There's internally, our teams. You know, how do we communicate with one another as a group of individuals working together to deliver a, a consistent level of service? But also, how do we communicate with our client base? Because as consumers of legal services, as consumers of all services, our entire way that we by services has changed you know we we can't just nip out and sign a document like you would have in you know two years ago everything is available 24 7 your kind of virtual presence is often required rather than your physical presence now and and as consumers we expect to be able to log on to uh, an extranet or a client portal and see where our cases are up to at any time night or day because the ways in which people work has changed you know people who've got young children at home and maybe working flexible hours now because they have to you know they, their entire lifestyle has changed so it's quite common for people to want to be able to log on in the evening and see you know download a document and, and get it back so I think that the human aspect of digital transformation is equally important because the expectations of people within our businesses and clients external to our business our needs have all changed and, and therefore if we're unable to meet their expectations it will become increasingly difficult to to compete.
0: Mike you're already down the road to digital transformation what does the next stage look like for you?
3: Hopefully it'll be um, a lot easier part of our well, my biggest gripe in terms of our journey has been that others haven't been as tech savvy and not open to digitization. And I say that not just in terms of other firms, but also government agencies, consumers as well to some extent. So, so we're trying to be as digital as we possibly can. We still find ourselves receiving documents from um, other solicitors, for example, by email and then in the post as well. So it's duplication on our resources and on our time. Some firms refuse to send things electronically, still want to use the post. So we're hoping that, the transformation will will change those working habits to make our life a bit easier. Government agencies, exactly the same scenario. Criminal law, which my background has thankfully been pretty much paper free for some time but there's been some significant uh, movements over the past few months in relation to that uh, with the cloud video platform which was meant to be built and to be worked on to be used for court hearings to be uh, released in about 18 months time but was introduced in about eight weeks um, and i was involved in some beta testing of that uh, legal aid agency uh, one of my headaches was all our files were digital they wanted paper copies of things when they came to assess your bills which for, for a firm which is paperless is a nightmare they introduced software over the lockdown which enabled that to be uploaded to the cloud we beta tested that so that's a massive relief Uh, and consumers we try and do everything electronically most things we do online with apps portals consumer landing pages we still had 40-50% of our clients still wanting to come into the office to drop documents off even though they could do it online that's clearly in lockdown has has changed significantly which helps us as a business improves our service levels increases our efficiencies and speed of transactions but even despite that we still were having 10-15% of people still wanted to come in with physical documents so while there is a change to consumer habits it's not right across the board but in terms of transformation it's those changes to me which which are key because that helps my business helps my team helps my people helps us provide a better service to to our clientele is everyone else is finally getting on board so that's going to be really helpful from my point of view Uh, hopefully for all law firms they start embracing it i mean even land registry having to no longer have physical signatures once that's finally finalized will be a godsend for lawyers uh, and those sorts of changes are going to be groundbreaking.
1: I think the um, just to pick that up, Mike. I think the the client journey is a really important one. So I think you know if, if a firm kind of charts uh, a client onboarding process and you know how they get that initial inquiry, they've really got to think about how that's run as a digital matter from start to finish, really, and obviously including the fact that, that you're running paperless. I think paperless is such a big component of, you know, the digital age and being able to be part of the kind of digital transformation movement, if you like. I mean, you have to be able to run paperless to be able to serve your client digitally. It's just a, it's just a given really. But I think that client journey piece, you know, is something which firms really need to kind of examine, work out how, you know, online inquiries are kind of linked into their main practice management system. And from there, how those clients are dealt with digitally. I mean, I I would really like to see, and I think, you know, we're already beginning to see firms kind of market themselves on the basis That they've got this technological innovation in place to be able to support clients, right? Because certainly, if I was going to buy a house or I was going through any item like that, uh, I would be very, very interested to know that the the lawyer I was dealing with had that digital capability and had the right systems and processes in place. So, it's it's almost becoming part of the brand, I think. And it would be be great to see the firms market the fact that they've invested in digital technology. They make a, a bit of a statement about it because I think it will be a really important part of any firm's value proposition moving forward if you're attracting business they need to know that you can continue um, and you're not reliant on
3: on paper we spend a lot of time on, on that client journey from start to finish and regularly review it. We, we get feedback from clients along the stages uh, so we can improve it and do things better. But also clients, I don't think, appreciate sometimes our firm's investment in that process and what they're getting from it. And again, it's, it is an education, not just for law firms, but also for the consumer to try and explain to them that, yes, we have this tech. And yes, we use this and it, it enables us to do things faster, more efficiently, better lines of communication, give them a better experience. We're trying to educate the consumer that's happening as well is key. You should be able to be loud and proud with regard to the things you're doing quite well uh, and shout about it. And I think that's all part and parcel of that process.
1: Yeah, I think the consumer really, what they kind of look at it as less hassle, right? (laughs) I think that's the key thing, isn't it? That's trying to be achieved with digital transformation is, so, you know, if you want to go and pay a bill, for example, how do you go and pay a bill? You know, you don't want to have to go and find the bank details and find how do I transfer it. You just want to be able to bring it up on your phone, you know, look for an invoice and, and pay it. You just need to be able to make that stuff as easy as and quick as possible. And I think online payments has been a you know, massive area that we've also seen at Leap over the last three, four months increase. Month on month, double the number of transactions that have been going through our RapidPay companion solution. Because People are obviously just realising the ease of paying bills is—it's got to be automated and it's got to be done online. You can't be relying on you know the old ways of doing things
3: really. And also in relation to, to rapid pay, I mean, we, we use rapid pay and it's um, it, it's absolutely fabulous from, from a client's point of view, but also from our point of view, because have a client coming in wanting to make a payment, having a client wanting to make an, a, a back transfer or to phone up to make a payment requires a human resource, requires a person to do it. So if a client can self-serve, not only are they getting a better experience, but it's making us more efficient as well and able to use our resources in other ways to serve that client. So there, there are lots of things along that client journey, which technology can do not only to improve from the client perspective but perhaps just as important from, from the law firm's perspective in terms of how they manage their, their clients how they manage their workloads and how they manage and use the human resources better rather than mundane routine tasks which are, are time consuming you can get them to do more things you can invest more time in their training and their development to improve their skill set rather than just doing simple admin tasks which a lot of clients are, are more than happy to self-serve nowadays and in fact you expect to self-serve anything you do insurance protein um, for your house or car I would say 90% of the world is probably doing it online and that's what consumers come to expect but there are benefits to the law firm at the back end of that as well.
0: Can I ask all three of you what are the three priorities, if you had to name three things that firms could focus on now as a takeaway from this session going forward what would they be?
1: Okay well I think the first priority I would suggest is one which we touched upon earlier really which is Making sure you use the current circumstances as an opportunity to reinvent, reboot and transform your practice to a digital one. So really taking that decision to become more efficient, I think is critical at the moment. Uh, I think any stakeholder in your practice will realise that if they didn't before, that technology is the key to running your business successfully. So make sure you invest in the right technology and make sure that it's fully utilised. Secondly, uh, I would suggest upskilling your staff and providing with the right tools or providing them with the right tools to do the job is critical at the moment. So for example, one area which we found has been, you know, increasing in demand during lockdown, uh, as we've come out of lockdown is, is legal guidance. I think when firms are, are fully office based and you have staff in the office, obviously, they're able to come and inquire about key questions on a legal matter as, you know, in terms of what steps to take next. And I think, for people who are working remotely, that's obviously more difficult. So actually having a digital source of guidance, I think it's pretty critical at the moment. Obviously we provide a solution called by lawyers, uh, which we've actually seen, as I mentioned, an upsurge in demand on because firms are obviously realizing that having digital guidance is pretty critical to making sure their staff can make sensible decisions on matters when the need arises. And thirdly, and finally, I, I would say obviously the client journey, which again, we mentioned earlier. So I would really look at how an inquiry is made on your website how that information is captured and ultimately how that's delivered into your practice management system so making sure that 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 whole process is a automated one from start to finish really so from an from inquiry to instruction i think obviously making sure that's digitally enabled and, and the information is captured directly into your case management system or practice management system is, is vital. I think then when you're actually sharing those documents, obviously ensuring that they're all captured digitally, whether it's incoming or outgoing, is pretty essential. And obviously if, if you can and you have access to a, a portal to share that information, make sure that that's being done through a portal because clients no, no longer want their matter information shared on a fragmented basis. They want it captured centrally, digitally, Uh, they want to be able to go and access that information uh, from one source. So I think obviously uh, making sure that you can share your information digitally um, through a client portal uh, accessible on your website is is key to that client journey as well. I think finally, as part of that, the client journey piece really the the cash flow side is really critical so obviously making sure that clients are fully aware of outstanding bills um obviously if they if you have a, a an ability to actually automate that process um your your debt cle- uh, collecting is going to be more efficient your cash flow is going to be better so automated reminders on Im- outstanding invoices and bills and automating the, the, the debt collection uh, process i think is key and obviously being able to then transfer that debt collecting and online payments, if you like, uh, into your practice management system. So they're captured digitally and reconciled from there, I think is, is key as well. So really that whole client
0: journey is the key priority. What would be your three priorities?
2: Certainly some overlap with with what John has, has said. I think embracing technology, wherever you are on your technological journey, I think has to be a priority. And as Mike said, that's not necessarily just to better serve your clients but to deliver services more cost-effectively within the back office as well, you know, not utilising resources that you don't need for things that can be delivered via another means. And that doesn't mean it becomes a cost-cutting exercise. It means that potentially the people who might have been entering data manually previously can be redeployed into managing better relationships with clients and, and more client engagement. I think that leads me swiftly on to my, my point two, which is invest in relationships. It's going to become harder to differentiate when the the services are moving more towards sort of virtual service delivery. So there has to be something that your firm does better or, you know, and, and that could be the quality of the legal work. There's so many different things to differentiate on. But by investing in the relationships internally and externally, you'll maintain the best calibre of people. It's a, it's a very small... A small world but the legal world and people get to know what it's like to work in a place that really value their people and encourage them to, to grow and develop and, and create opportunities to maximize the a positive client experience that so, you know that word of mouth is absolutely the, the best form of marketing we can all have so I think certainly my second on the list would be invest in relationships and then thirdly, I think given the, the critical nature that technology will play in all our lives going forward and how critical they will be to business success and competitive advantage, I think IT security and resilience has to be up there. Inevitably, there will be increased IT security threats because everything now, even more so than before, is online, it's virtual. So, we, you know, in the early days, we saw Zoom meetings being Zoom bombed and, and things like that. Zoom very quickly uh, make changes to their product to cater for that eventuality and you know, now you're holding a waiting room and have a password and all the things that we didn't really necessarily think about back in March. So I think that IT resilience and, and security are going to be absolutely paramount to firms and, and yes that is going to have to be a cost centre that people maybe haven't spent a huge amount on historically but the cost of non-compliance is so huge, you know, the hacking and phishing and the various other risks of IT fraud and security issues is just massive. So it's a risk that people really can't afford to take
0: anymore. Thank you, Mike. Top um, three for you, for law firms generally?
3: It's a common theme, I think, between the three of us in relation to what we're discussing. Um, I, I would say firstly, for firm, being as agile as you possibly can and open-minded to change and don't be afraid to make mistakes uh, i'm not saying everything i've done in the last three or four years has been perfect uh, we've changed processes tried things which after a few days quite clearly weren't right has, hasn't worked too much resistance um and so we've gone back and, and and changed it again so not everything will work but if you don't try things you'll never know we've tried to introduce change from some things three years ago which weren't the right time we've gone back to it 18 months, two years later, we're in a better position on our journey uh, and and then introduced it. So as I say, it's have have a roadmap, have an idea in relation to where you want to go and how you're going to get there. But there will be bumps along the road, uh, along the way, and often it's going to be absolutely perfect. But as I say, be open-minded and agility is really important. I think secondly, utilising the technology you have to its full potential. Lots of firms have technology already, have case management systems and and simply don't use them. I hear many people say, well, this is rubbish, that's rubbish, it doesn't work and it's simply because they haven't spent the time looking at their investments, looking at what the technology can do, getting their staff trained, getting the directors trained, understanding what it does. They think that it's installed and they're good to go the following day and they'll be up and running and be perfect. It takes time to, to, to get things right. It doesn't happen overnight and it takes, an investment of time and resources, but it's, uh, it's something which is well worth doing. At the same time, train your staff in relation to that. There's no point in spending money on technology and not using it to its full potential. So, train your staff regularly, go back and train your staff, and be able to, to make change quickly overnight. say so we've done many things over the year where we've implemented change within 24 hours. You can do it that quick. Where there's a will, or there's a way, if you see the benefits to it. And thirdly, touching what Nicholas said, cybersecurity and and supervision of your staff, I think there are two key areas moving forward. I mean, cybersecurity, we've seen already, um, we recently had our renewal for um, Owners and Directors Liability Insurance, and questions in in there were enhanced with regard to remote working, how you manage your teams, how you're supervising your staff. The questions in there actually made me laugh, talking about VPNs and and the like. And I just said, well, we're we're, we're two-factor authentication. We don't need to worry about VPNs. And to be honest, the insurers were surprised that we were that advanced and have those sorts of processes in place to protect us as a business and as a firm so make sure the technology you do invest in has cybersecurity built in has those sorts of features which are which are really really important and at the same time make sure you, you supervise and, and train your staff appropriately and welfare um, is all part and parcel of that, I know we touched upon that um, but as I said we've been using teams across our office of state for a few years and um, it doesn't mean we haven't used it more over the lockdown, we've been really gone to town in relation to it, we had daily meeting, team meetings, every single day. We had regular firm-wide meetings, which is uh, interesting getting 50 odd people on a, on a single teams meeting when you can't hear everyone and had to learn how to mute microphones. Take that time to speak to your team, to to supervise them properly, to listen to them, do surveys um, which they can be anonymous so and get Uh, A feel for what it's like on the ground because some people won't tell you when there's issues and and take the time to invest in new people to make sure you're secure to 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 be robust with regards to that supervision and training and also it means you can can utilize positive reinforcements change is great but not everyone likes it and everyone likes the way they work sometimes and as I say, it's part and parcel of that and to make sure you are working correctly on everyone's sitting from the same hymn sheets. Those sorts of levels of supervision and training allows you to ensure that they are doing and working the way you want to, which obviously protection with regard to professional indemnity insurance and the risk across the firm. So I think that those three things, and particularly cybersecurity and future risk are, are key moving forward.
0: Thank you, all of you. I think you've raised some really great priorities to close this session with. So can I say thank you to John? to Nicola and to Mike for being with us today, and to everybody who is watching this session as well. If you want to follow up on any aspect of this discussion, then contact us on info at leap.co.uk. I hope you've enjoyed the conversation today as much as I have. Stay well, stay positive, and thank you for watching.